Good morning and welcome to East Tennessee Now, a weekly public affairs program featuring some of the people and organizations that make our community such a great place to live, work, and raise a family. Here's your host for East Tennessee Now. Lots of free fun to be had for kids between the ages of 2 and 10 this summer thanks to the City of Knoxville, the Parks and Rec Department, the City Events Department, so many different people involved putting on Kidderific. And Kendra Brewer, you're with City Events. How did you guys come up with Kidderific? Well, it was pre-pandemic. We wanted to do an activity. We noticed there were a lot of parents coming down on Market Square and we offer events for everybody except for littles. And so we decided we really needed to reach out to those moms with littles. And so it started on, real, or I'm sorry, started at Market Square and just kind of some activities while the babies are playing in the fountains. You know, Home Depot came out, Cat came out, just a lot of the city nonprofits that we work with to kind of get the word out about their activities. And then 2020 hit and we weren't able to do it last year. And so this year we thought, you know what? We have a lot of gorgeous parks in the city. We need to get out into the parks and we need to get out into those communities and have those parents come. We needed to go to those parents. And so that's what started Kidderific Fun in the Park. So we've branched off from Market Square and this is every Wednesday through the end of July. And we're at a different park in the city each time. Everything's free. Parks and Rec come out with their core mobile, so it's kind of getting kids active. They can jump rope, they can play basketball, they can balance on balance beams. Um, Home Depot is a wonderful partner and they bring out activities. Today, um, they're painting. We've painted rocks, we've planted seeds. Every week it's something new. Um, the zoo has been here, Friends of the Library, the Public Library, Cat Bus. It's every week pretty much the same organizations but a different activity and some new organizations will come if others can't make it well and uh, there's learning there's activity i mean they're getting a little bit of exercises everything. keeping their minds fresh everything we all love bubbles bubbles is the biggest hit i mean we just have <laughs> tubs with bubbles and i've enjoyed the bubbles you just go and play bubbles we have a jam band but but it is they're out they're in nature they are being physically active they're able like what days were at world's fair park they can play in the water they're reading books the the library put up a walking story trail so they can walk along a path and read a story while they're while they're walking so just a lot of different activities from 10 to 1 and we have i mean it's it's advertised from like 2 to 10 but i mean we have teenagers out here that are just enjoying that time with their parents and their siblings it's it's a great time and it is a great time if you do have littles and say the older ones may be at their day camp but Mm -hmm. these little guys aren't old enough to go to camp so hey here's something fun we brought camp to them for a couple hours this is essentially what their their siblings are doing in day camp but now they get to be out here with mom and dad and grandparents and they get to experience a little bit of summer camp and where can people get more information on the schedule for where Kidderific is? They can find us on the city's webpage, and they can also go to our special event Facebook page, which is City of Knoxville Events. But of course, we also have to talk about the 4th of July weekend. This year, we are hosting the celebration of the 4th. So instead of it being the festival on the 4th for just one day, we're doing two days of music events. So on the 2nd, we are so excited that the McGee-Tyson Air Force Base, that's locally here, our Knoxville hometown bank, their band of the south is going to be performing so they're going to get to perform for their hometown they're going to do a jazz concert a rock concert and then um their patriotic music concert so and there's going to be a special flag ceremony and presentation to a local community member who is who's done a lot 
for the veterans and service folks in our area. So that's going to be something to come out and see. The concert starts at 6.30 on Friday, July 2nd, and it's at the Performance Lawn. Parking's going to be available either in the 11th Street Garage, Poplar Street, or you can park at the Civic Coliseum and trolley over. That's awesome. I know because I think so many people are afraid. Well, it's a year after the COVID. Is it going to be canceled? Or is it still going on? It's still going on. It's just going to have a different look this year. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is we had to plan this during COVID. So we didn't really know what July was going to look like. And we wanted to give the citizens of Knoxville a celebration, but we wanted to be able to do it in a safe manner. And so that's how we came up with the celebration of the 4th. And then on Saturday, the 3rd, the KSO is going to actually be performing their concert that they normally do on the 4th in the amphitheater, which they did, I think, like 20 years ago. It's been a while since they've been in there. So it's it's kind of like revisiting the past mm-hmm. and celebrating the new with, mm-hmm. you know, we're out of COVID and come out and celebrate and enjoy the weekend. Do they need tickets for any of those? Things? No, everything is completely free. It's, there's not a reservation system. You can just come on down. The KSO is going to start at 8 in the amphitheater on Saturday, July 3rd. And then the Band of the South will be the day before, that Friday, July 2nd, and they will start at 6.30 and play until 9.30. What type of reaction are you getting? People must be so relieved. Yay, finally, something we can look forward to. We're getting some mixed reactions, and it's good. A lot of people not understanding why we're not doing it on the 4th, and the reason is because of COVID. And, you know, we couldn't see the future and did not know that things were going to be opened up by July. And so we just really wanted to be safe and wanted our visitors to be safe so instead of one day you get two (laughs) and the fun doesn't even stop there because you have some concerts coming up as well we do we're traditionally we've done concerts on the square and this year we're doing concerts in the park so we'll have two weeks of free concerts on the performance lawn at world's fair park it's going to be everything from jazz to southern rock to yacht rock Um, Kind of a variety for absolutely everybody. All concerts are free and open to the public. We will not have vendors on site. So, you know, bring bring your picnic dinner, bring your snacks, bring a blanket, bring your lounge chairs, and just sit back and have a wonderful evening downtown at you know, our World's Fair Park, one of our greatest event venues in the city. Is this going to be every night during that? Um, not every night. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to the city's Facebook page, which is City of Knoxville Events, mm-hmm. and it will give you a list of when our concerts are and who will be performing that night. And then also you can go to the city's website, www.cityofknoxville.gov. We have smooth local favorite Smooth Sailor. So they are going to be our Yacht Rock band. Um, and we have a group coming from South Carolina called Dirty Grass Soul, which they are amazing. They kind of have that southern country rock. It's like they're playing the fiddle like Charlie Daniels, but singing, you know, Guns and Roses. It's an amazing sound. They get you up. They get you dancing. They get you moving. They are a blast. Very, very good. So excited to have them. And we'll also have Joe Lasher back. He's played concerts on the square for us for several years, and he's wanting to come back this year, and we were so happy to have him. So just um, a nice variety for a little bit of something for everybody. So you mentioned that people can bring their chairs, they can bring their picnic. Can they bring coolers and dogs? And- they can bring coolers. Please, no pets, no canopies, no tents, because that just obstructs the viewing of others. But bring your chairs, bring your lounge blankets, bring your picnics, bring your bottled water, and just 
you know, your games, your, your long games, you know, and just make it a wonderful activity. Special thanks to the City of Knoxville Special Events Coordinator, Kendra Brewer. Lots of fun things happening here in town over the summer. Fun to be had on the lakes and the pools and the backyards. And so with that in mind, though, there's some things that we really need to focus on, be concerned about. Is our children getting hurt and injured, whether it be the water, out riding their bikes, so many different ways. But that's why I brought in the experts. I have Seth Linkus, Marketing Director for East Tennessee Children's Hospital. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Michelle. Along with Shania Thomas, who is the Injury Prevention Coordinator. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Yes. Let's talk about, okay, summer. It's so exciting. I remember just jumping on my bike. Well, actually, we'd be jumping out of the pool with our wet bathing suits on, then jumping on our bikes, putting on our roller skates, jumping rope. So there's got to be, I have to say, a lot of potential for injuries out there. You know, and that's the thing, Michelle, um, and we were talking earlier that, you know, we've been in COVID mode for so long. And so now we're just starting to open back up and get back into that rhythm of going outside and doing things. And we want families to really be cognizant of safety first. You know, we've taken a year off. We may not have gone to the pool last year with our friends because of COVID. But somewhere we want to plant that seed that anything you're doing with kids this summer, we want to be safe. That's right. And especially around the pools and supervision, we've always heard is such a must. Yes, absolutely. You never want to go to pools, lakes, rivers, any water activity and be distracted. Um, What we say is it only takes 90 seconds to drown. And so the same way that it only takes a few seconds while you're looking down at your phone while you're driving to crash, same thing with swimming. So it only takes 90 seconds to drown. So do not be distracted while you're around the pool any type of open water activity, uh, make sure that someone is designated as a water watcher and that we're paying attention to um, all parties involved while we're at the water. And you know, Michelle, that was one of the things that Shania mentioned. We've seen this at the hospital before where people are having pool parties at their Mm -hmm. home and all the adults are up around like chatting with each other, having a good time, but nobody catching up. up. Nobody's got their eyes on that water. I mean, I've seen you at the pool. You sit there with your people magazine, catching up on your celebrity gossip with your ear pods in. That's not an active water watcher. (laughs) So that's what we're talking about. Somebody (laughs) needs to have their eyes on that water all all the time counting heads okay so for instance like if you have a group of adults there and everybody's playing catch up or you're grilling and uh doing all that at least have one person okay seth it's your turn to watch the water you watch the water for right now and then we'll take turns exactly somebody needs to have, be the designated person um you know whether or not you say hey i'm the water watcher for the next 10 minutes and then you hand it off just active vigilant water watching is the best thing to do and what what is it that we don't know about drowning? Because think, well, we're going to hear them splashing away and somebody's going to say, hey, look, someone needs help. Absolutely. One thing that um, we take for granted is how quick and silent drowning is. We see it all the time on, on the movies, you know, um, a drowning victim and they're splashing their arms and, you know, or, yeah, waving and we're going, oh, help, help. And, you know, they're drowning. That's not how it is. Um, actually, by the time you see... Um, someone floating or to the surface they have already drowned and so um seconds count how long does it take to get like i guess water in in your lungs takes no time so 90 seconds you have completely drowned and in a different scenario when you know take out the parties and things like that kids sometimes sneak out of their home 
and they'll end up in the pool and kids think that they're going to get in trouble because they're in the pool and they won't cry for help at that point in time and they try to rescue themselves and it does not work. So that's another thing to keep in mind. That's why we say vigilant water watching, but also know the safety of your own home. Make sure those barriers are up. Make sure you're watching kids around water. And uh, gates. That's why they should have fences around pools, getting those gates locked. Exactly. Gates keep children out. Yes, and we don't want to keep that wall, your home, the the wall of your house to be considered as a gate. You want actually to have a gate all the way around your pool. Um, If you're not able to gate your pool completely, um, we highly suggest to put alarms on your doors, um, alarms on your either on your pool so that it makes a noise when the water is disturbed um, so that we're not um, having a false sense of safety by thinking, okay, the outside of my pool is, is gated, but then um, there's access to the pool directly from the house. And would a parent still need to worry if, hey, my kid knows how to swim. He's been swimming since he was a baby. Yes. Um, never um, leave a child left alone, regardless of how long you felt like they've swam, been swimming. Um, you always want to have someone watching a child while they're swimming in the water. My swimming lessons are huge, though. Yes. I've been hearing so much. I mean, we learned how to swim when we were young, and which is a good thing. We we're very fortunate. I think it was like at the Y, <laughs> back yes. at the YCA or YWCA. But um, these days, there are many places where kids can get swim lessons, and they go very, they start very young. Yes, they do. They start very young, and all kids are different. They learn differently. Um, so parents, just adults, just really take your child into consideration on what age you would want to start them in swim lessons. But drowning is 100% preventable. So we definitely want to start at making sure kids learn how to swim. Absolutely. And how important is it for, say, the adults, parents to learn CPR? You know, it's so important to have all the tools in your toolbox that you need to either rescue or watch whatever the situation is it's important to have those cpr skills so you can go ahead and start cpr before that ambulance even arrives if you're out in the middle of the lake if you're somewhere remote that this happens you're going to need those skills and it's so important to talk about the difference between pools versus open water say lakes rivers east tennessee is so blessed to have so many you know great boating experiences but a lot of times we can't see those dangers that lie underneath that water. You talked just a second ago about how important swimming lessons are. Very important. But also, if they get entangled, if they get trapped, that's why you need that water watcher too. That extra sense of security. Oh, so even more dangerous in open water. Yes, open water um, actually doesn't get the attention that um, pools get, you know, when we want to talk about pool safety. Uh, We also need to talk about open water safety. There's so many things with open water that we um, don't have when it comes to pools. So um, the depth, we don't have markings at the lake that let us Mm -hmm. know, okay, you're going from shallow to deep. Um, There's hidden... um, like rocks, rocks and logs under and the they water. Move. Yes, they, move. they do. Yes, absolutely. And um, there's also undertow, current and undertow that we take for granted as well. That um, if you're not a strong, solid swimmer, that could easily take you from having a fun time in the lake to into a dangerous situation quickly. Mm-hmm. And then now, watching swimming around different marinas and so forth, where there's all sorts of hidden dangers around mm-hmm. a marina, whether it's, you know, different. Um, 
logs or things underneath, whether it's those metal things that um, pieces of the dock or even electricity is so dangerous. And, you know, Michelle, a lot of people ask us, why do we do water safety year after year after year? Why do we come back on? Have we not cured water safety yet? And the reason why we want to hit it home year after year is there's a mom out there who's taking her toddler to the pool for the first time this year. There's a teenager who's going to go off to the lake for the first time with his friends this year. So somewhere, if we can remind people to get back in that rhythm of thinking about safety and saying, let's take a half of a second and double check, make sure we have those life vests, make sure we have those water watchers, you know, somewhere if we've planted that seed of safety, we've done our jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I could see it happening already. You know, us as adults, Seth, we've spent many days out on the (laughs) lake and we're always wondering, okay, who's got the cooler, you you know, who has the floats, the towels, this, that, that, I can just imagine what it's like. Then you you have a few kids in tow and you're trying to, you know, get your comfy spot and get situated and get everybody sandwiches and snacks out and juice boxes and Right, as you know, a parent, you can be turning around for one second to look in the cooler, and it, it is a lot of work um, to get to get a whole family to the lake, get it done safely, feed them lunch, you know, get them all lathered in sunscreen, keep them hydrated, keep a head count. It it is a work day, um, and but we want to be vigilant while we're having fun too. Okay, can parents just put all? Let's put life jackets on all of them. Just, you know, put all flotation devices and, you know, double up. Put the floaties. Is that going to be enough? So flotation <laughs> devices are wonderful. We do encourage those. But also, um, when you're going to the store, make sure that um, Life Preserver is a Coast Guard approved life preserver. That means it will save your life. So if you open up the inside of that life jacket, there's that little Coast Guard seal that said, yes, this is a designated flotation device. We do not want parents to depend on those inflatable water wings or pool noodles, whatever those other things are, those are for fun. For instance, um, those water wings that are inflatable that go around the upper part of your arms can, if you're in an open water situation, um, say a creek or a river, they can get punctured and become deflated. Or sometimes if you've lathered your children with a lot of sunscreen, which we encourage that too, those water wings can slip off to their wrist and then cause them their wrist to float to the surface and their head to float under the surface or go under the surface. So those are the dangers of some of those non-Coast Guard approved. Those are toys only. Those are not life-saving devices. You mentioned sunblock. Sometimes you just you forget to reapply. You're thinking, okay, well, which numbers am I really supposed to put on and what kind and what really works? Absolutely, yes. So apply sunscreen every two hours at least, um, especially if you're in the water or you're out doing outdoor activities, going to an amusement park or things like that. When you're getting sweaty, um, you want to reapply that sunscreen more than every two hours. And um, you want to limit your outside time as well. You know, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., that's the hottest. That's when we have the most UV radiation. So if you can limit the time outside, if you can't, you know, yes, lather up with sunscreen. Make sure that you can um, completely lather up with that. No um, sunscreen is completely 100% UV protected. So um, just keep that in mind as well. Yeah. So either... You know, maybe take a break, sit in the shade, eat your sandwich. Find some shade, yes, (laughs) with a sandwich. That sounds great. (laughs) And a juice box. And a juice, and a, yes, yes. And then when the ice cream truck comes around, look out. (laughs) You're driving down the street and see Michelle and I sitting under a tree drinking a juice box. You know why. (laughs) Waiting on the ice cream truck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, see, summer can be so much fun, and that's what we want. We want people to just have a fun, enjoyable summer, you know, with the kids out. There's just so much to do, so much fun to be had, and... Just like I was saying before, you know, we were always out riding our bikes and we we're playing jump rope. What other types of injuries 
very fortunate. I don't think we had any major injuries when I was a kid. But uh, what else do you see coming in to the hospital, East Tennessee Children's Hospital, Shania, um, like in the summertime? Yes. So definitely an increase in biking. And so it's really important that we discuss bike safety, helmet safety. It's really important that you protect your brain uh, while you're on any type of roller skate, skateboarding, bicycles, you wear a helmet um, that is going to, that's fitted. You know, we don't want to have any type of movement space inside that helmet. It needs to be fitted. So it's not going to be comfortable, um, but we'd rather be uncomfortable while riding that bicycle, skateboard, on roller skates than to have to have a a serious um, head or brain injury. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of times when we're out doing bicycle events, like the kid will say, oh, it's too tight. Well, our thing is usually if they say it's too tight, that means it's just right. A good rule of thumb for kids who are riding, I see it all the time in neighborhoods, they've got their bike helmet toward the back of their head. Oh, And, you know, I always like to tell parents, like if kids are going to have a bike injury, chances are, think about it, they're going to go over the handlebars. That means the front of their head is going to hit whatever it is that it's going to hit first. And I tell kids that's where all their good thinking juices is. You know, right here in your forehead, you got some good thinking juices up there. So a good rule is to do two fingers right above your eyebrow, and that's where your helmet should rest. So it feels like it's almost coming down on your eyes, but two fingers above the brow line is where the brim of that helmet needs to sit on your child's head. They do say it's too tight. Just think about it. They're out the door, and they won't even pay attention to Two seconds later, right? That's right. <laughs> and, you know, there is uh, there are certain helmets for bicycles and the rollerblades and different things. So, so make sure when you're going to that sporting store and buying those bike helmets, you get the appropriate helmet for either bicycle or the scooter or the rollerblades. You may have to have multiple helmets. Stack them all in the garage, put them in the kids' room. Yeah, and, and, you know, here's the thing. Set the example. So when you go biking, too, make sure you're wearing your helmet. Make it a family thing. Um, kids will much easier where they will wear a helmet 10 times more if the parents do the same thing and model that behavior. Another topic we need to address is hot cars and in the summer. You're racing around, kids don't want to go in the stores, you tire lugging them around, or maybe they fall asleep in the car. It's never a good idea to leave them in the car in the summer. Absolutely, yes. And not only when you're running errands and you think, oh, I'm just going to run into the store for a split second, I'm going to come back. Your car heats up so fast that a quick run into the store could really cause harm to your children. Kids actually heat up, their body, their internal body heats up four times faster than adults. So the car may not feel as hot to you, but to them it is. And not only running errands, but you might have a change in your routine. So dad may take the kid to school today or, or take the to daycare or summer camp and um and that's out of his routine and forget that the um, child is in the car Mm -hmm. and so oftentimes that happens so we just really encourage you know to set up a safety routine or device or just something maybe leave your cell phone in the back with the child leave your shoes in the back just a reminder that hey my kid is in the back of the car so that we can prevent any type of um, heat stroke injury absolutely and i have heard the fire department say well, if you do see a child in a hot car, you're going to break a window, always go for the back window or a window that's away from the child as well. Absolutely. And also, when you do that, make sure that you call 911 before you break the window. Of course, we do hope everyone has a fun, safe summer. But if something does happen to happen, East Tennessee Children's Hospital is always there for you. You know, that's one thing. They're always standing at the ready. In the wintertime, we see more colds and illnesses in the summertime we see a lot more 
injuries and rashes and stitches, things like that. So it's important for families to go ahead and be aware of the services that Children's Hospital offers. It's kind of like being aware of your emergency exits on an airplane. Know that the ER is downtown in the Fort Sanders neighborhood. We also have three urgent cares scattered throughout. We have one on Westland Drive, one on Emory Road, and a new one in Sevier County. So those are for your urgent needs. They do lots of stitches, um, broken bones, things like that. Get you a quick x-ray there. So be aware of those Children's Hospital um, resources before you go out. Oh, absolutely. And you also have other resources about learning CPR, safe babysitting classes. Absolutely. We have a Healthy Kids program. And to find out more information and class schedule at etch.com. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up and wish everyone a fun, safe summer. Seth Linkus, our marketing director for East Tennessee Children's Hospital, and Shania Thomas, who is our injury prevention specialist at East Tennessee Children's Hospital. Thank you for all that you do in keeping our kids safe. Hey, thanks so much. It's a children's hospital. We hope not to see you this summer, but know that we're there if you need us. Is money just a little tight right now? You could use some cash maybe to pay off some bills or just do something fun, buy a new outfit even. Well, you might have some cash tucked away that you kind of forgot about. It's rightfully yours. This is not a scam. This is legit. So I'm bringing in Shelly King, who is with the Tennessee Treasury Department, to explain. Okay, Shelly, so there's a lot of money out there within the state of Tennessee that could be any of ours. That's right. The Tennessee Department of Treasury uh, administers the unclaimed property program, where the businesses and organizations who can't find the rightful owner of of money or property um, will turn it over to the state. So right now, there's $1 billion waiting to be claimed, but $90 million of it is in your listening area. Wow, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Where does it all come from? There are lots of ways that we can lose money that we don't even think about. So let's say you move, and when you moved, maybe you forgot to get your refund from your utility department. Maybe there was a refund from your landowner or Possibly you had some leftover, like a small check from your job that you just didn't get those last few days of pay. All of that could potentially go unclaimed. You didn't cash the check. And so all of those organizations would eventually turn it over to the state and we would have it listed in your name to find. Now, how much money are we talking per person? I'm I'm sure it varies, but is it just a couple of bucks, hundred bucks? We've returned hundred to two hundred dollars average. If you look at it though, some people could have fifty, some people could have more than a couple thousand dollars. That's like a trip, a down payment on a car. And how can people go about claiming this money? I mean, and of course we want people to know this is not a scam. This is for real. You know, it is so easy to search your name for unclaimed property. If you go to the Tennessee Department of Treasury's website, under unclaimed property, you can find a link or you can go directly to the link by searching claim it. TN.gov. When you go to the website, search for your property, search for your name. Also search for common misspellings of your name because again, there's a reason this money did not get back in your hands. Once you find your name, you can file a claim right there online. And about how long does it take to get your money? Depending on the type of claim, some can be returned in as little as two weeks. Some claims do take a little longer to process, particularly in an instance of a deceased relative. And then you have to show proof in many cases? Yes, that is part of what we do with the Department of Treasury. We we wait to verify that this is the correct owner. It can be as simple as a Social Security match. You give us your Social Security. It matches what was already on the property when it came over from the business. 
And some can take a little bit more. You might have to prove that you owned a particular P.O. box or that you're the rightful heir of a deceased claim. Businesses should check this out. People search for your parents, your uh, your friends, your neighbors. That's right. We have businesses have unclaimed property. Um, I always encourage when you're searching, go ahead and search for your family. And there are many instances. As a matter of fact, when I check my own name, I never find any. But boy, I found some for my husband, my mother, and my father-in-law. You should get a piece of that pie. Well, some of it does stay in the family. (laughs) I know. I searched my name. Unfortunately, I did not have any money here in Tennessee. I have had it in another state at one point, which was really cool. Because it is exciting to see your, oh my gosh, I have money just sitting there and it's mine. And uh, But I did notice that there are like more than 30 Silvas right in. I didn't even know there were that many Silvas in this area. That That's have right. money coming to them. They do. Uh, matter of fact, there's a Joel Silva who has some lost wages they need to check out. And a Marie Silva actually has an unclaimed insurance premium refund. All right, you Silvas out there, get on. <laughs> actually, everybody needs to go to claimittn.gov and see if you have any money that is owed to you. Special thanks to Shelly King, who is with the Tennessee Treasury Department. Remember, East Tennessee Now is available on demand as a podcast from iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. I'm Michelle Silva, and I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to East Tennessee Now, a weekly public affairs program featuring some of the people and organizations that make Knoxville and East Tennessee such a great place to live. If you have a suggestion for the program, we'd love to hear from you. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 27100, Knoxville, Tennessee 37927, or call the studios at 865-525-6000. That's 865-525-6000. East Tennessee Now is a presentation of Midwest Communications Company.